The Bulls, as we told you on the broadcast and on this show, could have lost last night and still semi had a pretty good chance to get into the conference tournament. So last night was about, well, showing out and showing your rival, which kind of had a little bit of a superiority feeling because they were in first place in the conference and had beaten the Bulls the last couple of times that you still mean business, and boy, did the Bulls. As we get into the highlights, you'll also hear post-game from head coach Bob Buhorn along with the game-winning goal scorer Shion Soga and Oscar Rosano. They all had big parts in the contest. So again, UCF was in first place had come back since they played the Bulls last time and won in Tampa 3-2 and got big wins against Tulsa and SMU, a Tulsa team which was 11-1 until tying SMU last night. We'll give you more on that again in a little bit. But Knights have won the regular season conference championship the last three years, still control their own fate to win the conference title, but now they're going to have to work a little harder thanks to losing to the Bulls. And speaking of working hard, the Bulls, and you'll hear Coach Butehorn mention this, in response to my question, they went with a different lineup. They, on the first meeting with UCF, gave the Knights a little respect, too much respect maybe, in my opinion, if you were listening to that broadcast. They essentially played defensively, which they're not used to doing in the first half. They gave up a goal, and once they started going on offense, they put a couple home and just ran out of time and lost 3-2. to two. So this time, they went with a full offensive lineup. They have a selection of strikers up top, and rarely have they gone with two of them at the same time. But last night they did, with Oscar Rosano and Segun Afalabi getting the start. Also, JT Copper and Shion Soga up front as well. The Bulls have been so hurt defensively, and this game, this is what makes it amazing. And I mentioned this a couple times in the broadcast, but probably not enough. Did it without Josh Gomina, who again got a second yellow card late against SMU. He's a guy who could help out tremendously on defense and basically all over the pitch. So what they needed to do last night was move up Sal Mazzaferro. They're also, by the way, without one of their starting defenders, and they have been for the last three games, Nick Scargill. So it's been great that they've had Sergio Paneros Mayorga back on defense, and he gets hurt last night. So they really got it done amidst difficult circumstances. Now, before we get into these highlights, I do have to say it was really, really nice of the folks at UCF, Ken Landis is their SID, to make sure I had the proper setup. I'm pretty sure they don't have much visiting radio, if any, there, and we had a great setup, and we were right in the midst of it. I mean, there were a ton of fans there, and you can't call it the UCF section because the whole thing was pretty much the UCF section, but we were right in the midst, and it was... Actually, there was a nice couple that the lady made sure to stay out of my way, and even though she was trying to see the game, she knew that I was broadcasting it as well. Even though we were outnumbered, there were certainly a lot of USF supporters that made the trip as well. So glad that I did, and if you get a chance to go to the USF Men's Soccer Twitter page, they also had a wonderful social media presence, and a lot of people there, as big of a crew as possible for this event, and it was good to be able to go and get that part of it, the video part, and I'm certainly glad I made the drive. Wasn't so certain at first because UCF, even though the Bulls had that offensive alignment, was getting all the shots. In fact, the first six shots, one of them rang off the crossbar, and number six went in the goal. Learman grabs the ball now at midfield. Four-year starter on defense, sends the ball up. Bulls one offsides, won't get it, and that's a goal. They all held up their hands, but guess who? Ariel Hadar once again scores with 21 minutes left the Bulls were convinced that Learman passed to Hadar 
had him in an offside position. And what I'd never advise, just holding up your hand and hoping for the call as opposed to playing the ball out. Hadar now with three goals against the Bulls, three of his four goals. He's the guy who scored twice in Tampa on his first two shots of the year. Now he did have seven shots in between the two meetings, but of course that was his first on this night. And well, he got the start, only his second of the season, the sophomore from Israel. I mentioned at the time it was six nothing shots favor of UCF. The Bulls would close the half with the last five shots. The game really started to turn, even though they didn't score here. Two shots in quick succession. Oh, that's a good squared pass by Christensen sending Massafero up the left wing. That's a good ball. Now see if Sal can send it into the box. He does, and that's dangerous. Knocked and still loose. Batted just wide by Flare. That was an amazing job of keeping by Levine. Again, Christensen sent it out to him. And that was a fantastic ball in, and it kind of fell to the feet of Andres Freire, and he had two whacks at it. He, Jurgen Christensen, who you heard started that play, and Enrique Galina, who has just been trying to battle through a knee injury, all came on as subs after that first goal by UCF, and they started to lift up the group. Well, those shots didn't go in, but Freire's next did. A lot of fans made the trip from Tampa, got a little bit of a rise there out of that opportunity, but the point is the Bulls are starting to look a lot better right now. And with 13 minutes and 40 seconds left to go in the first half, we'll have a decent look at a free kick Galena, especially based on Levine's mishandling of that previous long ball. We'll probably just try and put it near the doorstep here. And he does on a curl and it's headed, oh, in! I think that went off at night. We'll see, Flere looks like he's claiming it, but that is a goal no matter what. Flere is actually more than claiming it. He is reacting like he definitely got a flick on it. And we'll see a good replay here in slow motion and be able to tell you if Freire actually got it. But he reacted right away. Yeah, he definitely got his head on that ball. It was hard to see it from our angle because it was such a subtle touch. And actually the ESPN Plus announcer called it an own goal at first as well. But again, I said that the social media team was in force for the Bulls. If you go to the team's Twitter page, at USFMSOC, you can see a perfect angle from behind the goal. And you could see that Freire knew what he was doing and just got enough to head it down and inside the right post. And yeah, it was one-to-one -one with that goal in the 32nd minute. About eight minutes later, the Bulls would take the lead. And now, meanwhile, the other way, Copper to Mazzaferro sends it back. That's a good ball and a great shot. It's in! That is the lead for the Bulls. It looks like Copper on the pass from Mazzaferro. And with five minutes to go, the Bulls have the lead. Copper to Mazzaferro, slotted it back perfectly, and JT sent it to the left side. Levine got a hand on it, but Mazzaferro with the pass. Copper, or as they announced here, Cooper, gets the goal for the Bulls. And the kid from Tampa has the Bulls on top. Yes, they must have had a bad roster because they were calling in that in the first half on TV as well. It's JT Copper, everybody, and he was fantastic. The man who set him up, Sam Azafero, was as well last night, again playing all over the left side of the field in the Josh Gomina role. The Bulls had a lot of tremendous performances, and it was just about sort of getting it to halftime, keeping that lead 2-1, to one, even though you knew there was a lot of work to do. Now, UCF came into this game outside the top 40 in RPI, even though they lead the conference. So they're probably thinking, oh, man, we can't mess around and lose this game. I know we're in first place in the league, but we haven't locked up an NCAA tournament bid. 
A loss to USF would really hurt us. So when teams get in that desperate situation, they start doing desperate things. Here's an assortment of, you know, once the Bulls took the lead, UCF, rules be darned, they were just trying to dupe their way into every call they could get. Oh yeah, and this commentary starts off, a whole bank of lights was out on the right side of the field, the one that the Bulls were defending in the second half. It is relatively dark in front of the Bulls' goal now that there's no sunlight. It's well lit enough, but it's not what you'd prefer. not saying there's going to be any sort of excuses given here, but at least we know that Kazuna Takase for the Bulls won't lose one in the lights, put it that way. And maybe I'll have an excuse if I don't see exactly what happens. Ball is in the left corner, and it's played up. What a dive. I mean, that was outstanding. Didn't get the call. It'll be a goal kick for the Bulls. Upset whoever it was that he didn't get the call. Or maybe he got scored seven by the Russian judge, and he wanted an eight. Meanwhile, they switch it to the right side of Vivi. What a chipped pass, even though the ball is on. Yeah, another flop. My goodness. Why don't you just ask the refs to give you a goal? Hadar this time tries to chip it over Laval after the legitimate pass by Vivi. And, of course, the fall defends him. And, of course, Hadar's not going to be able to get to the ball, so he falls down. Every single foul at midfield, UCF is. And now look what Galena's doing. They give another yellow. And this time it's Lucas Morrow who's going to have a miraculous recovery, I predict. And there it is. There's the miraculous recovery. But he drew the yellow. Good for him. Knights are saying that Brian Schaefer, honestly, I didn't see it. And it's a yellow card, UCF once more. And you just heard wrong color. I think Brian Schaefer needs to back up. Here's what happened. Brian Schaefer absolutely stuck, sticks his leg out, but Dorado, of course, fell to the earth like it was opening up. So he definitely, Schaefer, you can't do that. That is definitely a yellow card, but Dorado tried to play it into a red, not a red card. So if you couldn't tell, there were some levels of intensity going on in this game. By the way, Brian Schaefer was tremendous in the middle of the defense. He missed a few games earlier in the year, so at least Scargill's unavailability has timed with the return of Brian Schaefer. So it just had the feeling like there's no way it was going to end 2-1, to one, and, well, it didn't. The Bulls extended their lead. Bulls hanging on to a 2-1 lead. What a gather by Soga there on a line drive punt, and he gets it over to Rosano. What a job by Soga to create this possible chance. Rosano, a good shot and a goal! Soga with an amazing gathering, and Rosano takes a rip, and the Bulls take a 3-1 lead. He's had two sensational goals against the Knights this season, and that one, as you heard, had a pretty good feel to it. Until less than two minutes later, the game was back on. Moishio and Soga had a very valuable part in that goal. All of the assists are well earned here tonight. Now Taylor on the left side. Rosano pressing back, sends it into the box. It's Taylor. Still a chance here, and it's a goal. Yeah, Rosano tried to clear the ball, couldn't do it. And it is three to two, and there's still 16 and a half minutes left. And that was Villayobos. Mauricio Villayobos, or as they call him, UCF Mao, the captain, actually had a clearing attempt hit him in the back. He wasn't even looking at the goal, but he was sharp enough to feel the contact, turn around, know the ball would be you know, back in his line, and he drilled it in. And oh, by the way, we should mention that the Knights were hitting the post a couple more times in this game, so it certainly felt like they would have the necessary goods to even things up first. The shot that 
kept the Bulls ahead and then, well, the one that didn't. Into VV, cuts it back to his right, low ball trickles in the air, headed off to the back line, off the post! Hadar again, now he curls back in and headed away by Mazza Farrell. That's the third time tonight UCF has hit the, I know it's woodwork, I don't think that's actual wood, but you get the idea. Gianluca Arcangeli, I think I pronounced it Arcangeli before, Arcangeli. My apologies. Now we're even for the PA announcing JT Copper's goal was JT Cooper. 5.18 to go. Seriously, I do try and get the names right when I can, which is almost always. Uh-oh, balls, balls fall down. Arcangeli has it left side. Good chip pass, and that's a goal. That's a beauty, an absolute beauty. I think that was Arcangeli who scored. One bull tried to head it away, and with 5.08 to go, we are tied. Beautiful goal for the Knights, three to three. And at that time, it was just about getting it to overtime, not having UCF score late. In fact, they lined up a dramatic corner kick at the very end, but Brian Schaefer was able to head it out for the Bulls. We told you that the Bulls had that run of shots in a row from being outshot 6 nothing at the start of the game. They actually took the lead briefly in that category, but at the end, UCF up 19-10. to And now we were thinking, well, let's see what happens. The Bulls have had no luck in overtime the last few seasons. No overtime wins and several losses, including one to UCF and Tampa in the spring. In overtime, the Bulls had a couple of nice shots. Andres Ferre again, JT Copper, who went the distance in this one. On the other side, their captain, Vide Yobos, made Kazuna Takase stretch for one ball on a low shot. But there was no keeping out this shot. It was pretty special. It's worth repeating, a win doesn't lock up anything for the Bulls. They probably have to beat Memphis either way in their next game. A loss, in other words, doesn't eliminate them either. But it would just feel really good to win the War and I-4. And a tie would feel really strange. Copper with the steal. Rosano calling for it. Slots it to Sogan. Instead, onto his right foot. And a goal! It is over! And it does feel really good to win the War on I-4. Shion Soga rifles it into the right side of the net. Sal Mazzaferro pinned in Vivi. It was Copper with the steal. Slots it over to Soga. Took a dribble and a high dandy shot. Dips inside the right post. And the Bulls with an enormous answer to UCF's outstanding answer. So remember all that stuff I said about, you know, even if the Bulls uh, win, it doesn't necessarily lock them into anything. It's still true. But man, oh man, does it feel good to win. I said JT Copper played the whole game. What a pass by him because, as you heard me say, Rosano was sort of waving his arms, but then Soga sort of dropped his right arm down, said, feed me. And it was a very poised pass in a situation where poise wasn't necessarily a given. The Bulls win. And here's a trio of interviews. Ran down to the field after we signed off to talk to the head coach, the man who scored that blast of a goal for 3-1, to one. And then the game-winning goal scorer himself, the 17-year-old from Japan, Shion Soga. All right, Bob. So uh, you, you probably figured they were going to give you an answer. What do you say about your guys' answer as well? Well, it was – I was. I think it was just one of those college games that was really fun to watch. Maybe not fun to coach, but what a great game and and uh, and what a great rivalry. And it's uh, it lived up to its billing. So I was, I was happy we came out on top. You had to put in some pretty – 
high quality goals oscars and she owns at the end speak about the quality of your goals tonight yeah they were fun huh even the last one but uh, in all honesty like oscar scores against ucf he just scores and that third goal i mean really and it was his left foot so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna question that anymore so that it was great i'm proud of him he's it he works hard and this is one of those moments where you just want to enjoy it it seemed like you guys went with a more attacking starting lineup than you did in Tampa. Did you have a feeling it could be this kind of game because it was a high-scoring game? Well, we learned a lot from the first game, and we just didn't want to sit back, and I gave it I gave it up to the guys. I said, look, if we're going to go, let's go together. If we defend, let's defend together. If we sit in, whatever it is, just make sure we're locked in. And, and uh, they did a great job. We're really young, and for them to kind of come up with a win like this, I'm proud of them. So. I want to ask you about grinding it out as far as putting guys out there on defense. Checho gets hurt. You're so thin back there. To, it seems like yeah, you guys yeah. deserve it for what you're dealing with. Yeah, no, and Schaefer had. Schaefer was, he was a rock star back there, and, and, and he's only played that twice for us. So from him to kind of have the game against that attacking group, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. So, you know, Schaefer's a, Schaefer's a guy that's been kind of banged up a little bit, so have to him to have a good game like that. And then, look, let's not forget, even though it was, a, even though it was three goals against him, I mean, Kazuna's been fantastic. So we just it's unfortunate, we're, you know, we're not giving him a clean sheet. But, again, great, great game. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I don't mind that stuff in the background. That sounds great. Right. Trust me. Trust me. All right. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. How special was this? I mean, we needed it. We needed it. That's that's all I can say. Uh, we we knew it was our life on the line. Uh, us, at least me. I've been here in this field twice, and we've won. The, both times I'm just happy with the result doesn't matter the way maybe we should have won through one but still it was awesome and I'm just glad to get the dub uh, having said that you knew you had won here last time but once they tied it up what was the feeling after regulation getting back out there it was def- it was definitely tough because I felt like I felt like we had it honestly at the moment I scored that third goal but uh, the team just showed how strong we are mentally and as a team collectively and we just took the dub home that's all that matters i'm just happy and then one thing two things i didn't know you were good at catching balls during the girls soccer game for one and then kicking the ball with your left foot speak yeah. about that whole situation okay no the women's game i got on my blood my, my dad used to be a goalkeeper so i got on me but <laughs> but uh the left foot yeah it's just something uh they wanted to try me right wing and i think i did a good job i'm just happy i could help the team and yeah i just love to shoot whenever i get a chance and uh yeah i'm just glad it went in Keep yeah. doing it. Thank Oscar! you. I will. I will. Yes, sir. Let's go. Oscar! Hey, buddy. All right. Since you're the one who scored, just take us through the whole thing, not only the actual play, but the reaction from your teammates after. Yeah. That was a, that was a good moment. We need the win, and then it got to be the winner goal. And then last year, when I came here, like, I was on the bench whole time, whole time, entire game. So, like, that was a little bit, like, bitter, bitter memory here. Like, I got a goal today and a game winner. That's that's awesome. Yeah, a little bit so. better. Yeah. Um, you um, you know came out in the first half. Took a while to get back out there. Did you think, okay, let's get it going? Because not only the goal, but that great assist to Oscar. Those are big plays. Yeah, uh, the first 20 minutes, I I couldn't what I want to do. So like I couldn't like move my body what I that way what I want to do. But uh, well, while, while I was on the bench. Like get your my mindset right. Like that that's past. I'm already gone. So like, get go get move next. Get move next. What I can do. What I can do. And then, that's a that's a result. Yeah. You've had some pretty big moments at USF. Yeah. But this has got to feel a little different. Just describe. Try to how it feels. Yeah. Um, the the goal obviously that was 
that was I think that was the greatest moment for me in the college life. Uh, still, still I spent two years, but yeah, that was a that was greatest moment for me. And then my teammate ran ran to me and like grabbed. Like scream, that's awesome. Shion doing a pretty nice job there on the field and obviously new country, just got here for one season in high school not too long ago, doing a great job with the language there. Yeah, it was awesome, Shion. And normally I would try and edit out some of the background noise, but I think you don't mind the vibe of how it felt on the field after that big win. Now, as I said, a loss would not have eliminated the Bulls. They would have been six points behind Memphis which beat Temple last night. The Bulls now, essentially, here's the upshot of last night's win. They don't have to beat Memphis on Sunday night. They can tie and still be mathematically alive. Also last night, if the Bulls had tied, it would have been the same as a loss. We'll further explain. They are definitely not into the conference tournament yet, but last night's win essentially gave them a little wiggle room if they don't win out to get that fourth and final spot. In fact... With SMU tying Tulsa last night, there's actually a chance that the Bulls could catch SMU because the Mustangs have to go to Orlando next. 